0: So a lot of you listeners often ask what my background is. And if you tune in frequently to the podcast, I do talk about it. For those that don't know, I run a marketing company called Bash Solutions, which specializes in custom websites, content creation, and consulting based up here in cold and snowy Rochester, New York. With clients in the wrestling world alone, ranging from Cal Sanderson and Jordan Burroughs to the Nittany Line Wrestling Club and Helen Maroulis, we've been busy over the past decade proving why we're the best and earning trust all throughout the U.S., and we're not limited to wrestling by any means. We help businesses of all shapes and sizes, from barbecue and butcher shops in Arizona like Snowflake Smokehouse, to the largest Chevy dealership in the world right here in Rochester, New York, Bob Johnson, and everyone in between. Whether it's building a new custom website or implementing new digital strategies to streamline your business, Bash Solutions is trusted by businesses and brands across the country for a reason. You can learn more about Bash Solutions by visiting bashsolutions.com or head over to Facebook or Instagram. Search Bash Solutions to see what we're up to. I know it's been a few weeks since the last episode of the podcast has dropped. Forgive me for that. Construction has winded down, and we are moved into our new house. So it has just been absolutely chaotic, but we're back. And this is episode 101 of the Bash Mania podcast. And today, Jason Knolf once again joins the show just ahead of his match with Kyle Dake next week to talk about life, golf, Traeger's everything as he hopped into the zoom we started talking about updates on the construction and the chaos and i decided you know what let's just let it roll so there's no formal introduction you don't miss much where the audio picks up just pretty much talking about a countertop story Hope you guys enjoy this episode of the podcast. If you do enjoy it, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Yes, Felters, that means you. I haven't seen one yet from Felters, so I'm looking. I am checking. And, guys, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify. This podcast is on Rockfin in video format. Um, it's a premium feature, but it is available there. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And, yeah, let's go. It's special media! So we actually only got half our countertops in and now the other half are finally coming today because it's a quartz. So we ended up putting laminate countertops in on two pieces just to get the CFO to get everything going. So it's been wild, but we moved all weekend. We're unpacked now. Now it's just like, you know, I got my bash mania sign over here. That's got to get hung up. All of our like wedding photos, like there's nothing on the walls yet. Yeah. But phase one is done.
1: When me and Maddie first moved into our house in 2018, we have we live in a different house now. But for two years, we lived in that house, and I don't think there was the only thing on the walls were TVs. We didn't have like we didn't have any decorations up, and I was like Maddie, when are we gonna decorate the house? We ended up never decorating it. But now that in our new house, we we decorate a little. What bit.
0: made you move so not so soon? I mean, two years, I feel like it's kind of a quick time. But what made you move so soon?
1: Uh, just like I, I really like the house, I was just kind of looking for houses. I want to buy multiple houses in the State College area just for investment purposes. Uh, I'd like to get into real estate um, stuff like that. Uh, and then there's obviously a lot of people that I can run out to, um, you know, on the team or on different teams or even just Penn State students or families. State- I prefer to rent to families, but
0: yeah, State College real estate. One of my clients at my marketing company is actually a mortgage broker and they just got their Pennsylvania license. They want to open an office in State College because there's so much going on there. But I do the same thing like the last six months, six months and three days ago, six months from three days from now is when we started construction and i still look at zillow like every single day yeah i just love looking it's like (laughs) i don't know what it is i rather scroll through zillow than instagram or twitter or anything else it's nuts. it's
1: cool to look at like different designs like i'm on tiktok and basically like your for you page they it's like an algorithm based off the stuff that you like and (laughs) you know but all of my for you page is like home improvement yeah. Or dog stuff.
0: <laughs> that's that's how my Instagram discovery pages. It's a lot of real estate. It's a lot of because I I look at so much. Like it's so cool to be able to look at something you want to do and just see it in real time. Like we, we did a stone fireplace, and if you want to just Instagram stone fireplace, yeah, see everything. So I look at that so much. I feel like most guys our age, if you go to the for you page, the discovery page, it's probably like a lot of women. Like, you know, you're in a good place when it's nothing but home improvement projects. Yeah. And I saw too that you guys just renovated like a room or something. That was cool. Like, you hired a designer for that room to conceptualize it. I like that.
1: Yeah. Let me see if I can. That's that room right
0: there. It looks so good. I, we wanted a couch just like that for my office because we got the dark, dark walls. I I love that. I I got
1: it on an article. Um, but yeah, we've worked with, uh, their name, Josh and Lizzie Parra. And, um, you know, cause I never really knew how to design anything in a house. I, I don't really have a creative, I have like in, in sports, I'm creative, but like yeah. in, in art, I'm not as creative. So, um, we, we had those guys help us out and, uh, they did a great job. Um, it's I actually have somebody working on my garage right now, finishing drywall. <laughs>
0: How much of the work do you do yourself? Because we were talking, we were on the phone a couple of weeks ago about different work you've been doing. And I know sometimes Maddie will randomly show an Instagram where you're doing something. How much do you like to do yourself? Like do you like to be really
1: hands on? Um, I would like to be, if I knew what I was doing. Same. (laughs) Um, like me and Maddie, we can paint, um, we can put up like stuff on the wall. Like we can hang shelves and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to build like a workbench in my garage with my dad. Yeah. Um, I put up insulation myself in the garage. Uh, I can do like stuff like that, but.
0: Drywall's um, a no-no.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, we actually, me and my dad bought the drywall and we were going to do it, but when he ended up, he's pretty good with like electrical stuff. So he, yeah. he wired some recess lighting in there. And by the time that he was done with that, the weekend was over. So we, I ended up just having somebody do the drywall for me because I'm not going to have time. It's so good to know
0: that stuff. Like even our house that we sold, the new owner said, if you want to take your ring doorbell, you can, I have one. He's like, just let me know when you take it off. So the wires don't stay exposed. So I'm like, oh, we already bought a ring doorbell for the new house, but I, we have a full walkout in our basement. So I'm like, I'd put the ring down there just so that we have it as a camera, but I don't know how to take off a doorbell or like some of yeah. it. We have a lot of canned lights in this house. And some of them I'm seeing now, I kind of wish we did a dimmer. Like half more them are on dimmers, half aren't. Like even in the closet, my wife wakes up after I do. So I wake up. I don't want to turn the thing on full force. I just want to turn on just a little bit. But it's funny how much those little things, if you know, it's such a convenience to know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, dimmers are like, we. I mean, the people that we have contractors working on our house uh, pretty often... Um, they're slowing down now cause we pretty much got everything done, but, uh, they're like, do you want a dimmer in the dining room? I'm like, yeah, sure. And they got they did it in like 10, 10 minutes. I was like, what the heck?
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not complicated if, if you know what you're doing and, and apparently it's not hard to switch out, but yeah, home improvements fun. If I didn't have this podcast, like this podcast, this kind of work, kind of a hobby, but I would love to start like an Instagram all just around the property. I love yeah. like when I see people like we were talking about that too where it's like you know I don't want to show I don't want to show everything some stuff is private and I don't ever want to feel like I'm boasting like those around me know how hard I've worked the last 12 years and they appreciate everything but I think sometimes you lose context but I would love to just have an Instagram and just like there's so much content and so many people love consuming it like if yeah. you had an Instagram account just for home improvement the thing would blow up like so that that's what I would love to do but there's, there's so much fun stuff to do. Speaking of fun stuff to do. So next week you're wrestling Dake. Yep. You haven't wrestled in like four months. I know you've wanted this match. How excited are you for it?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I mean, there, there are a few guys i wanted to wrestle, and he was one of them. Um, so I'm, I'm pumped to, that he took the match and I think there's, there's gonna be a lot of good matches on the card too. Uh, card this might be the, this might be the best card of all time.
0: It is. Uh, I just put out a graphic with with all the matches so people can see. I mean, and Snyder's wrestling three people. Yanni's on the card. Bo's wrestling. Chenzo's wrestling. You guys are both wrestling Dake. It's going to be, I think, the best RTC event yet. What's your expectation when you wrestle a guy like Dake? You know that you're one of the best in the world. And yet still, you have guys like Dake and Burroughs in your weight class. What's your expectation for yourself when you wrestle someone like that?
1: My expectation is the same. Every time I wrestle is to, to get to my stuff and to score a lot of points. Um, You know, every, every match I go into, I'm, I'm looking to get a tech fall or a pin. Uh, That's no different. I know that. uh, I I know that it's going to be a challenge, but that doesn't mean that I don't still believe in myself. Um, So I'm, I'm really excited. I've been working on a few things past few weeks and, I'm looking forward to it. And the reason I ask what your
0: expectation is, because I feel like as fans, so often we set an expectation like, okay, this guy's better or this guy's better. And we as fans start to, you either pick who you think's going to win or you kind of start predicting what you think is going to happen. What, what it sounds like you're saying is you're expecting to get a tech, a pin every time, regardless of the outcome. Do you ever get, Harder on yourself, or give yourself like, maybe I don't want to say you don't train as hard, but it's like you cut yourself some slack if somebody's not very good, or if somebody's really good, or is the training level pretty much the same no matter who it is?
1: I think uh, the better the competition, um, the more I get up for the match. it uh, doesn't mean that I don't, you know, do my best if I'm not if I'm not wrestling at somebody as high level. But there's something that just happens to your body whenever you're preparing for a big match like that where you kind of just like you get like spirited in your body and you yeah. can like it's like more of a focused nerves like Makes sense. i get I, I get i get nervous um but it, i think that just means i'm focused like I, was, I was laying in bed thinking about it last night and i don't lose sleep over it but i just i like to think about it but um what are
0: you thinking about like how the match is going to go how your training is going like what are you thinking about
1: um yeah I I visualize um and kind of like run through some things in my head but for the most part I just like I'm excited about the matchup itself because I really want to wrestle the best guys in the world and um this is like what this is why I do what I do and I mean it's just really it's really exciting and um but yeah I get like that I get a little bit of that nervous feeling in my stomach but like it's I was thinking about last night it's like it's a focused t- type of nerve. Yeah. Rather and I mean, than, there's
0: uh, there's only like nine or 10 guys right now qualified for the Olympic trials at 74 kilos. So this could very well be a quarterfinal match, a semifinal match. Did you going into this? I know some guys wanted to get two, three matches. Gabe Dean's wrestling two, Snyder's wrestling three, Dave wrestling a couple. Did you want to try to get a couple matches? Like, what's your plan? or the Olympic trials right around the corner. It's been a while since you've competed in that tournament setting. I think Pan Am's last year is probably the last time you were in a tournament. Where are you thought-wise on getting multiple matches in a day like the trials are going to be?
1: Yeah, I think that I'll have two or three matches that day. Um, I think I'm going to wrestle. Uh, I don't think it's set in stone, but I think Cornell's bringing a guy, um, another guy at 74 kilos that I'll wrestle. Got it. for And then probably after the event's over me and chenzo might wrestle a match
0: on the on the stream nah i won't be on the stream (laughs) come on can you at (laughs) least like give me your phone we'll live stream it on instagram or something but we might take a
1: video and we can send it to you
0: yeah or listen i mean not for nothing i know you created a rockfin channel there you go first piece of content both of you guys can put it on a rockfin channel what, what yeah, about I'm
1: not I'm not as I'm not you know I want to put out content, but I also don't want to take anything away from the NLWC's event. So um hey, NLWC
0: to- has first rights to stream it, just keep the stream yeah. going after the event. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, that's that's funny. Yeah, we might we might just wrestle matches to you know just to be prepared for multiple matches in one day. I think it'll be good. Uh there were a couple other guys I'm gonna wrestle, uh didn't didn't happen, but um
0: are they not accepting? I'm hearing so much of this and I've talked to a lot of you guys about it off the record because nobody wants to like call anybody out and I'm not trying to be negative, but I I've heard that where guys are like, ah, it's too close to the trials. I don't really want to wrestle him or, you know, well, it's I don't not really, my hometown.
1: I don't really know uh, exactly like what's going on. Um, but I know that like, you know, they, they might have other things going on. They might be planning yeah. other matches. Uh, I don't really think it's like a, like a fear kind of thing. I think they just like, they everybody wants to do what, what's best for them in their training. And um, if they don't want to wrestle, that's fine. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's like a fear thing. I think it's, it might be, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's everybody's got a different, different perspective on it, especially leading up to the trials. I know I've heard some guys say they don't want somebody to get a feel for them before or they don't want to wrestle until them. So it's interesting to see. I mean, do you have a competition lined up are you going to ukraine or italy or anything or rome i think it is for the Mateo now,
1: i thought about going to rome um but like it, it was a little bit too close to trials for yeah. us um and we're doing this match um and i think that i don't think it's necessary uh to do all the traveling and everything like that um i'm ready to go right now there's i mean i'm i'm feeling great and uh you know, I'll be, I'll be peaking
0: when the time's right. So. Yeah. And uh, you can tell that you seem healthy and ready to go. You know, I like kind of analyzing social and I can see some fun things you're doing. Like the karate. I see, I think you just recently got a, got a belt. Was it a white belt?
1: Yeah, it was a white belt.
0: What got you into karate or jujitsu? Yeah, it
1: was jujitsu. Me and, uh, you know, I think Bo's opening a gym, up yeah. in state college in April. And I, t- I told him that I'd, I'd train, uh, like MMA with them and then maybe, uh, maybe transition to MMA in the future, but only if I want to do it, I'm not, uh, I don't want to do it just to make money or just to do yeah. that. Like if I'm going to do it, I want to love it. And, uh, but my club coach actually, Isaac Greeley, um, he was one of my club coaches growing up. He has a, he has a jiu-jitsu background too. And we kind of always do it. Uh, through high school, and it was we never really focused on techniques or anything. But like when we wrestled live, he choked me out and put me in arm bars, stuff <laughs> like that. So I kind of got a feel for it. And then when we went to uh, the Matt Factory, which is a club, we uh, we're just rolling around and did a couple practices, just focusing on jujitsu. And then they gave us a white belt after. But you, it's not like you have to earn a white belt or anything; they just <laughs> give it to you.
0: And I saw Maddie was doing it
1: too, right? Yeah, she <laughs> loves jujitsu. She like, was like trying to wrestle with, uh, we have a couple girls in our club, Jane. And, huh? uh, she was like, can you get Jane's number for me? I want to go to M2 and wrestle with her. And I was and like, Jane's good. Jane's yeah, good. She, she, she's uh, she's going to be in the Olympic tournament this year. So, right. uh, you know, Maddie was like, just like wanting to, uh, cause she was at the the Matt factory wrestling with this one girl too. And she's like, I want to see if you can take me down. And she was just like, she, I mean, she, she has pretty good offense. And like she could take the girl down and, Um, she likes to do it. I don't know if I want her to get cauliflower or anything like that, but (laughs) but she, she, she wants to do it. Uh, I'm all for it.
0: That's funny. I saw too, you know, your health and Instagram golf. We haven't really got too many golf updates. Are you not golfing as much because of the winter?
1: Yeah, I can't really, I mean, unless I make a trip down to Florida or something, I can't really golf right now, but you know, I have my putter in the living room I was practicing my putting stroke. Is that one renovation you know, me.
0: <laughs> an indoor putting green? Yeah,
1: I, I should, but yeah, we were, I was, uh, I like to watch golf videos too. So I was like, there was a, there was this one video that was telling you how, how not to putt. And that's exactly how I was putting before. So, you know, I might, I might drop a few strokes on my, on my game. Back, in, back in like
0: 2012, 2013, I tried getting into golf for a year or two. One of my buddies was a really good golfer Golfed throughout high school. He's really good. So he was trying to get me into it a bit. And I remember we bought, I got a, a nice set of clubs and ended up buying a Scotty Cameron putter. And I just loved that thing. So I had a green in my apartment, just like one of those roll up ones. And I yeah. sat there all day. My putting got so good with that stupid thing. But I remember everything with golf too. Everybody's had a different opinion. One person can tell you like that is hundred percent wrong, and another person will tell you something completely contradictory and be like, "This is the only way to do it." It's
1: there's there's a million different ways to do it. Whatever whatever feels right and whatever works is whatever works for you. But I mean, there are definitely like fundamentals that you should that you should follow. <laughs>
0: Where's your, where's your skill level right now in golf? Like, do you ever want to pursue like professional aspect of golf at all?
1: If, if I, I mean, if I trained full time in golf, I think that I could, uh, make the PGA tour. So do you want to try to do that? I don't know if I want to, I mean, I think that sounds fun. Like, but I mean, that's like long hours every day and I'm still wrestling. So it's like, I got to pick one. And, uh, you know, I'm like an eight handicap right now. So I'm still a long ways away from being a scratch golfer, or you know, like a plus handicap, but, uh, you know, I believe, I believe in myself. And if I do want to do that one day, I think that I can make it happen. There are people that haven't started golf until like 18, 19 years old that made it and make the tour. So, uh, that's just like my mindset.
0: Yeah. I forgot who it was too. Yesterday. Um, an NFL, who was it? An NFL player, 10-year player, Chris Hogan, played for the Patriots, oh, yeah. was in the NFL for like 10 years, and he's joining the PLL, the Premier Lacrosse oh, right. League, after 10 wow. years in the NFL. That's he wild. went to
1: Penn State. Did he really? He went to Penn State, I think, yeah. I think.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: I think he played lacrosse at Penn State. I'm not sure. you have to fact-check me on that.
0: I'm looking at it right now. Um four years of college at Penn state. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow.
0: He had 2009 first team all ECAC midfielder scored 57 goals and 14 assists during his time in happy Valley.
1: That's Interesting. pretty wild. Yeah. yeah he Cause
0: he got on my radar because he was, um, he was in the bills right out of college. So oh, I, mean, yeah. then I saw it yesterday, but that's wild. Another thing I want to talk to you about because you've been on here a couple of times and we always talk a little bit about marketing and it's fun to watch because you and I've had a lot of conversations both on the podcast and off about brand deals and not not whoring yourself out but also not selling yourself short if you can do something and I saw not too long ago you posted about lol back in like Right around yeah. Thanksgiving. And I love that. I'm like, this is genuine. Like, you reached out to them, you kind of shared your experience. What has that been like to try to, you know, you see the people that are out there to try to almost over leverage themselves to get deals. This seemed like it was a very natural fit. What was that like for you? And what do you think you've learned from that and taken away?
1: Yeah, I think that, like, I do believe that sleep is like, really important. And uh, you know, a couple of years ago I got uh I reached out to law because uh, I saw that Bryce Meredith did and I was like, hey, how'd you how'd you get that bed? And he's like, you know, I just messaged them on Instagram and see if they're interested. So I did the same thing and they were they were great. I mean they sent me out like it's like a thousand dollar mattress for free. And um you know for for an Instagram post and like one on my story. Uh, and to me that's worth it because I it's something that I do believe in. Like yeah. there, there are, are, you know, one company specifically that reached out to me and was like, wanted to pay me to uh, like post about their product on Instagram. A couple of people have reached out. Um, but I was like, I kind of didn't do it because I didn't like really agree with what they were yeah. trying to trying to sell. Um, and it's not something that I would take myself. Uh, so I don't feel like it's genuine to put that out there. If, if you're not, Doing it yourself.
0: Yeah. And it's important to be involved with something that does mean a lot to you. Sleep is important to you. And that's where the value is. Everybody, when it comes to brand deals, you know, it's one thing to do something to pay your bills. But when, when you're talking about a true brand deal, I think both the brand should have somebody that's truly passionate. And as an athlete, you work very hard to have a reputation and to have a brand. That you've you've worked diligently to create and you want to protect that. What advice would you have for younger athletes who are coming up now? And they don't want they don't want to get distracted by social, but here you you can see like you were able to save a thousand dollars by doing something that wasn't out of the ordinary, it was making a post and it was an organic post. Like it wasn't you, you know, you're not selling some energy drink that you know is gonna give you diarrhea like it's a good product what advice would you have for younger kids who are coming up and there may be like you're seeing guys like roman roman's got over a hundred thousand followers still in college and i think you're going to start seeing that where these college guys now that they're all going to get tagged they're going to have big accounts they're going to come out of college with even more opportunities than you had what advice would you give to them as they start kind of discerning what brand deals they maybe should or shouldn't work with or how you approach it, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a tricky you know situation with like social media and like competing and stuff because you don't want to be doing things for social media. Yeah. You want to, like, I when I was a just a, a story here uh, from my freshman year, I was thinking uh, like throughout the whole year, you know, after I beat Martinez in in January, and then I was kind of like. Uh, you know, I lost him at big tens and then like, I was kind of thinking, oh man, when I went nationals, I'm going to make like this post and it's going (laughs) to get, it's going to get me so many followers or something like that. And then I was like, not that I was like thinking about that all the time, but like it was a slight distraction and I, and I lost by one point. So, you know, if I wasn't focused on, on that, maybe I would have won, but. Uh, maybe not at, at the same time. Uh, so it's, it's a hard balance because you have to stay focused on why you're doing what you're doing. If it's to gain followers and to, you know, grow your brand, then that's one thing. But if you really want to like, if you're wrestling because you want to be the best and you want to win, then, then, then the money will come. Then the, if, if you win, like if you're an Olympic champ, then there are opportunities to, uh, Like your, your brand's going to grow throughout that process. And there are, there are organic things that you can do. And which is what I try to do. You know, I I make posts every once in a while um, that like, you know, cause I want to keep up with my, like with my followers and everything like that. And I think that's important, but I also don't want to overdo it where that's all I'm thinking about. So there's, there's one side where some people, I won't name names, but some people don't think that you should do it at all. Yeah. Like they don't think you should have a social media account. And then there's another side where, you know, that's all you should do. You should focus on your, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of closer to like the, the less social media side, but I'm, but I'm all at the same time. I have to be conscious of this because it is uh, a financial opportunity as well to like provide for my family and everything uh, to grow, to be able to grow your brand like that.
0: Yeah. And you know, as Christians, I think it's a great thing for us that, I know every single morning I'm praying for wisdom. I'm praying for discernment because there there's so many decisions that have to get made. And you can talk to people who are in different spectrums of how they may be competed or what their experience was like. I mean, if you talk about a guy like Kale. I've had endless conversations with him. He doesn't really like social, but he's also a coach who wants his athletes to win. He wants to keep them focused. And when he came up, there was no social you know, right. and then you can look at like the 2012 Olympics and Jake Varner and Jordan Burroughs both won Olympic golds. They both did very different things with their brands. You know, and I think it also has a lot to do with what you want to get out of it. You don't want to sell yourself short, but you also don't want to over leverage your brand and then sacrifice winning. I think if you've trained this hard this long, like Chenzo even said, listen, I'm going to scale back a little bit on coffee talk, at least until after the trials. I really want to focus. I'm like, go for it. Like this podcast will be here. This opportunity is not going anywhere. I love having you on all the time. You need to focus. And it's, it's a balance that I think everybody needs to look inwardly because I think it's also going to affect everybody differently. And I think depending on who you are, depending on what you like, I think there's some people that can balance being super active on social and not get distracted there's also some people that they get distracted very easily you have to know yourself again i think as christians we kind of have it easy because we can pray get some wisdom get discernment and you kind of have that check in your heart you have that conviction of hey i need to keep the main thing the main thing or hey I i can do this in my downtime." That for me, I know, and I'm not an athlete and I'm not that important, but with everything we have going on, even with the house, like I don't want to show too much. I also, there's a lot of people who have been in my corner, who have been in my wife's corner. We want to share this with them. So it's a constant balance, I know, for us of just praying what to share, what not to share. Because I look at some of these things in this house that I'll share, like a little bit of a little, just a little bit, and I'll get 20, 30 DMs of like, Show me more. I want to see more. That's what we're here for. And I'm like, well, this isn't a house Instagram, but yeah. I like
1: looking at your Instagram pictures too. I'm like, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I'm like, <laughs> I want to see all of it.
0: I know. And, and that's why I, I debate, you know, I, I just, I keep praying about it. Like, do I make an Instagram for the property and maybe I make it private at first so I can control who sees it. So I don't know. Another brand partner we're both involved in that I want to talk about for a few minutes is Traeger. I love Traeger. I know you love Traeger. I reverse <laughs> seared a tomahawk uh, two nights ago for our first meal in the new kitchen. It, these things are just stupid. It's three degrees outside, and that thing just stays so, so steady. Yeah. They, they don't get better, and I saw, I saw our guy Kendall. I love Kendall. Big fan of him. I saw he sent you a bunch of me. I, I texted yeah. him right after, I sent your story to him, and I said, "Hey, you got my new address, right? <laughs> like, just just so you know, the this point. is it." Um, what what's your talking grilling just for a few minutes? What's your favorite thing to cook on that thing?
1: You know, I, I like I really like to make wings on the Traeger, but I was making a steak the other night, and there was a couple of ribeyes, and I I cooked them to about one fifteen on the Traeger, and then yeah. I, I put a cast iron on the. On the stovetop there, and put some butter in there, and um, and I seared it for about a minute and a half each side. But when I flipped it, you know, I had butter in there. When I flipped it, I slapped it down too hard, and all the grease shot out at my face. And I got <laughs> one, I got like a I got like I think I got one in my left eye. I got oh. like a bunch of spots all over my neck. I don't know if they're there anymore, but they were there for a couple of days. And uh, you know, my favorite Lululemon shirt uh has a bunch of holes in it. That's not so, good. <laughs> so I was like, what the heck? I thought it was a stain, so I was like trying to rub out the stain, and I realized that it was just like uh ripped fabric. So you got to be careful when you're searing.
0: <laughs> yeah, searing, I do the same thing. Like when I reverse sear, I, I people also don't know what a reverse sear is. I get a lot of comments. All it is is you smoke beef first. So like a, a tomahawk steak, I'll smoke till it hits 115 120 take it off i'll crank the Traeger up to 500 with the skillet on and then once it gets to 500 and as the steak is just sitting on the side i put a little garlic compound butter on it tent some tin foil over it and then i um sear it the hard part for me about that though is like those tomahawk steak the bone comes out so i'm yeah. trying to hold down the beef so it doesn't um But you had those things are so good. What what are your go to rubs? And the Bo Wedding one doesn't count because that's an exclusive nobody can get. I've the that Spice Company. (laughs) He so Bo hasn't. Bo keeps teasing out that he's coming out with these spices, and then we're left hanging.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I got like I have like four from his wedding. So I I grabbed like, I grabbed one for me, one for Maddie, one for my roommate. Uh, You know, I was pretty excited about that. Uh, I use like a variety of the trigger rubs. I usually, like if I'm making a steak, I'll use the prime rib rub. Yeah. Um, But I like the, what's the one, the feather, the fin fin and and feather. feather. I like that on chicken. And um, have you ever used Meat Church? No, i never used Meat Church. So there's a
0: company in Texas called Meat Church, and they have... um, honey hog, which I love on pulled pork and baby backs. And then they have holy cow and holy gospel, which are their beef rubs. They are so dang good. So stupid. Yeah. good. They've got a five pack that has like those three and, and two others um, just absolutely ridiculously good. The wings wings are great. People don't understand too the wings on the Traeger. I cook them for like an hour at like 375 gets a nice crisp and the recipe was given to me. So I can't give it out It's the top secret recipe, but wings on that thing are just, just out of this world. So if you'd like, I got grilling, a
1: funny story I've been thinking of let's hear it. It was a couple of days ago. It was, was Monday. It was Monday after practice. Cause on Monday we did a couple lab goes and um, you know, it was good. I thought it was a really good workout and everything. And after practice, this, this, this guy comes up to me, I, guy in N L W C his name's Rogers. But he's like, hey, was uh was practice weird? Like practice seemed really weird today. You know, I was like, no, I thought it was like I thought it was like normal. And uh he's like, yeah, like how they were wanting us to go real easy at the beginning and then kind of finish going hard like on the last live goes, but like on the first couple live goes it was easy. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I was like, that makes no sense. And he's like, isn't that what Coach Cody said? And I was like no, he goes. Oh, that's what that's what Jaime told me. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's like typical Jaime. He's like, I don't know if something was lost in like translation, but I was like, yeah, Jaime was trying to go easy at first, and then, but I, was, I thought that was hilarious.
0: I'm just picturing that conversation happened in real time, and I'm like, oh man. That's freaking great. I How was it? like so confused because I was like, <laughs> what are you
1: talking like, about? Like typically like, like, I, like my mind, I was like after practice. So I was tired and my mind was almost like, yeah, I get. Yeah. It was weird. But I was like, wait, <laughs> what was weird about it? I was like, and I was just like, I'm not letting this go. <laughs> no, so. that's,
0: I'm glad you solved that for him. Speaking of the Penn state room, Penn state is just, they look so dang good. Just I-, I tweet out the other day that I think Carter and Aaron are arguably my new one, two punch, like my yeah. favorite one, two punch in college wrestling. Yeah. Like, and they said during the broadcast of the dual meet the-, the other night on Sunday versus uh, Michigan that like all these, all these one, two tag teams you guys have over the years. And then it's like, it's depressing. Like when you and Bo and Chenzo and Hall, when you guys graduate, it's like, it's never going to be the same like we just lost because for four or five years, you're building, building up. And then it's like you, you almost have to start looking at the freshman. You kind of build that back up. And these guys are like picking right up where you guys left off. And it's like you can't replace a guy like you yeah. or Bo or Chenzo or, or any of you. But it's it's depressing as a fan when one of you guys graduates or a bunch of you guys do. And then it's so refreshing when all of a sudden like Carter comes out, upsets Massa, you have these events. Does that help you? Like, I love, you know, the scripture of iron sharpening iron. Does that help you having these guys in the room?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think in 2017, we had a one, two, three, four, five punch. You did. (laughs) We had five national champs back to back to back to back to back Right. With Zane, me, Chenzo, Mark and Bo, uh, and I mean, there's other, other guys in the lineup throughout the years that have been a part of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, after, after Carter lost, to, uh, I think it was DJ Washington. Um, I was getting all these texts, like, cause I, cause I always hype Carter up. I'm like, uh, yeah. I always hype Carter and Aaron up. I'm like, man, these guys are, these guys are the real deal. Um, you know, and like, I love to train with them cause they go hard. I think Carter actually needs to take it a step down because <laughs> he, he, he like wrestles me live while we're in practice, uh. That'd like, be
0: another good match to have after the stream, live on Instagram. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I I, I I'd wrestle him, but I don't think uh I don't think we're gonna wrestle our own guys too much. But um but yeah, I was I was like hyping, I was hyping Carter up to all these people, and then I'm getting texts after he lost, like, what the heck's going on? I'm like, you guys, don't worry, he'll be back. I said Mark Hall lost a couple matches when, I mean, he lost one match before he pulled his red shirt and then uh, he lost it at Iowa, and, and they end up winning nationals. And I think Carter's very similar. I think Carter wrestles really hard. And uh, with, the, with his mindset and the way that he wrestles, he's hard to be stopped. So uh, not a lot of people can keep up that pace. And like you said, Aaron, I mean, they're probably the best one-two punch in college wrestling right now. I don't, I don't really see anybody beating them.
0: Yeah, and like following them on Instagram, I even mean, you really get a good kind of insight. They're giving God the glory. They're they're very humble. You, you're seeing that they're not just talented wrestlers; they're good men. And yeah. when Cal came on this podcast a couple months ago, before one of the events, I was talking about like who excites you the most, and he said it's got to be Carter. And ever since then, like, like you're kind of hyping him up ever since then, I'm one of those people who, who are buying into it. So I'm watching, like waiting and I'm like, man, and and it's always hard when someone's young freshman a redshirt freshman, anything like that, because there are so many, like you can have that anomaly match that doesn't really reflect something. And when he beat Logan this weekend, I'm like, this is who he is. This is what yeah. the hype's about. This is, I mean, I think Logan was ranked like number two in the country. Who's ranked number one? Kemmer. I think so.
1: Yeah. Kemmer? Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, we missed that match because that that duel got canceled or postponed. I don't know if they're wrestling Iowa now, but um, yeah. I mean, I you know all the all the young guys coming up, uh, it, it's gonna be a really really special team, and I think that uh it's really exciting to watch but like you said like you asked me earlier is it is it good to have these guys in the room and I think that having these guys in the room has made me a lot better over the last year because I was kind of getting into you know we have we have like a system in practice like where like we all play wrestle and it's not really like live like I had to train I had to like like when me and Zane first started working out when we were like freshmen sophomores uh, it was basically live the whole time. And I'd be like, Hey dude, <laughs> stop going live. And then I feel like, I feel like I've conditioned him enough where he like, he's a lot better now, but there's the, And then Carter and Aaron, those guys come in. Now they're trying to wrestle me live. So it's, it's good to have that competitive like spirit in there. Um, and just, I mean, he, Carter, he really makes you like get to get to your tax because he's always down blocking and uh, you know, it's hard to get to his legs. So if I get to his legs, I know it's, so uh, I'm doing good.
0: <laughs> it was interesting when I had Gilman on here because Gilman's obviously in the height of his quest for Olympic gold. He's done with college at Iowa He's he's laser focused, and yet still he. It was refreshing to see how blessed he is in training a guy like Roman, not training him directly, but kind of being that mentor. Have you found yourself kind of filling that position as well with these younger guys? Like I'm sure you're a three-time NCAA champ; they're looking up to, up to you. Do you find yourself kind of playing that big brother role with these guys?
1: Well, I just want to lead by example. So every time I'm in practice, I, uh, you know, I'm working hard. I'm, Trying to, Even try to get says
0: go easy today.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I these guys have so these guys, there's so many good guys in the Penn state room that are helping these guys and like reaching out to them. And, you know, I, I might say something little to them, but I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to be their coach right now. Uh, like, I don't want them to think that like, that I think I'm better than them or anything like that. So I, I kind of just let them do their thing. But if I have, if I have a piece of advice, I'm not going to withhold that from them. Um, but yeah, I think just like leading by example and like doing the right things on and off the mat, uh, people look up to that and, um, you never know who's watching you. So always try to, always try to be your best self. Do
0: they ask you for
1: advice? Um, not a whole lot just cause most people ask the coaches cause we have, I mean, yeah. we have Varner and Cody and coach Casey and coach Kale. Um, but if they, if they do, I'm um, I'm always there for them
0: if they need anything. So, yeah, they're they're great guys. It, it's fun to be a Penn State fan. I think, like I said, every time there's kind of that turnover of greatness retires, it, it just seems like there's this new class of guys that fill that excitement void. They're they're really good, so it's fun to watch. Excited for next week. Um, for those listening, and maybe you're just finding this out. Jason Nolf as we talked about in the beginning here, is wrestling Kyle Dake next Tuesday on Rockfin. Go to rockfin.com slash NLWC. You can subscribe to the NLWC channel. Bonus for you, if you subscribe to the NLWC channel, you then get access to Bashmania video content. So it's a bonus. Subscribe to the NLWC channel, and then you get Bashmania video access for the podcast, everything else. Jason, last thing I want to give you a place to talk about before we leave here. Um, Your family had a tragic accident last week and you started to GoFundMe. I shared the heck out of it. So I want to thank people because I know there's a lot of people listening that donated. Um, $50,000 was the goal. And that got smashed. I think it's at like 52,000 now. So I know for the people that I shared it with that saw it and contributed, shared it, prayed about it. Thank you. Um, and Jason, I just want to give you the floor to do, probably do the same.
1: Yeah. You know, I put out, a, um, I put out an Instagram post about this, but um, you know, I can probably get a little bit more in depth on here. But, you know, it was pretty cool to see all the people that donated and all the people that like, you know, kind of had our backs in that, because I mean, it's just like, it's, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine, you know, what my sister's gone through. I mean, it's, it's extremely difficult, but I know that like God, you, you know, I read, uh, I can't remember. I think it's Matthew five, four or something like that, but it was as blessed are those who, who mourn for, they will be comforted. And I think that like, and then there was a, there was a Psalm or a proverb that basically said that God is, uh, hears the brokenhearted cries and, uh, lifts them up. There's something along those lines, but, you know, I think that those are like completely true. Like, you know, we're, we're broken. Our hearts are broken and it's, it's extremely tough, but you know, God's going to lift us up and he's going to hear our cries. And, um, I think that's first of all, important to mention. And then, uh, you know, there were people donated like, like Tyler Berger donated a hundred dollars. Mike Novogratz donated $2,000. Somebody donated $3,000. They wanted to keep private. So I won't mention their name, but um, it's just pretty cool. Like Jordan Burroughs shared, uh, shared the post, And even though like, you know, these are guys that like, like I'm preparing to, to wrestle Burroughs in the, in the trials, uh, you know, and it's competitive and, Uh, you don't always like, I don't like always speaking to my competition or anything like that, but you know, when things get tough, it's cool that they, they had our backs. And, uh, I think that just shows how, how special the sport is. And, uh, you know, tons of, tons of family and friends and, uh, other coaches, uh, from different teams have donated and shared. I saw
0: there was an Iowa wrestling fans.
1: Somebody that. that was pretty cool. Yeah. I tried to go through and, uh and thank a bunch of people from there. But if if I didn't get, if I didn't get to everybody, I mean, there were like 800 people. So, uh, I guess this is my opportunity to thank you guys, everybody for who donated or shared or, uh, or read it or prayed for us. Um, really appreciate everything that, uh, everybody supported us in that way. So,
0: yeah, the wrestling community, it's a wild, wild West community sometimes, but you know, I, I, I happened to see some of the donations I saw, like you said, Tyler and Mike, and I saw Jordan share it. I saw Helen Maroulis in there. Like to see these people, to see the community come together, it, it's pretty special. So definitely grateful. Um, I think that's most of what I got. You got anything else?
1: No, I don't, I don't got anything else, but I'm just excited. Uh, I guess I the last thing I want to say is like, <clears throat> you know, when things like this happen in your life, I think it's important to reflect and look back and just like be grateful for everything that you have. Um, count your, count your blessings. And, uh, you know, it's easy to be fearless. Um, when I'm competing, it's a lot easier to be fearless when you're competing, whenever you, when you're grateful and, uh, you know, don't take it too seriously. So.
0: I just told my wife that today that, you know, We're with moving. There's so many different components and it's so easy to always fear the worst. And I saw I saw an Instagram video. I forgot his name. It's a guy in Detroit and he was showing a it was like a karate thing. And he was basically showing the kid. He was coming at him with something. He was saying, like, you can't don't look at this. Look at me. I'm the, I'm the problem. This is just the distraction. You can't focus on the what if you can't focus on the fear. And it is just so like I feel like so many times so many people are fearing the what ifs they're fearing the the negative. What, what if I lose? What if I this? What if I what if I have that? And I think you've been pretty consistent over the years on this podcast in on, on public social media posts and interviews like when you wrestle with freedom and just giving it to God and not overthinking it, you've said that's when you wrestle your best and whether it's wrestling your best for us, I'm running a company and moving and doing everything else. Like it just frees you up when you, when you focus on the good and the gratitude. And of course, anytime something big in life happens, those tend to be the reflection points of like uh, the last couple of years, I actually met Gary V a couple of years ago and I remember asking him, I'm like, you have this perspective that if everybody around you is healthy, nothing else matters. I'm like, how did you get that way? And he's like, How many times have you thought about that in the last year? I said, A good chunk of times. He's like, How about the year before? I said, Not so much. He's like, it's practice. It's just practicing gratitude. Now I do it all the time. I remind myself, okay, is my wife healthy? Am I healthy? Yes. Okay. Do we have our freedom? Yes. Okay. Then nothing else is really that important. Because we make things so much bigger. I saw today Rush Limbaugh died. And I'm like, man, I grew up like hearing that voice. I That was like, I, I grew up with that name and, and and his life's gone. Just like that after cancer. And it kind of, like you said, it, it's important to reflect, especially on gratitude. You'll get lost in things that just don't matter. It's wild. Yeah, I
1: think, I think that like <clears throat> every every day, every situation that you're in, you can choose to be happy. Or you can choose to like see the darkness in it. You can choose to see the light or you can choose to see the darkness. And I think that people become depressed or, um, stuff like that because they or people are in bad moods all, all the time because they're walking around choosing to see everything that's like negative about their situation. And when you choose to see the positive and be happy, because happiness isn't circumstance, circumstantial, happiness is a, a decision that you make, um, because if you if you choose to if you if you if you think that it's circumstantial, then there's a lot of times you're not going to be too, too 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 super happy. Um, so I think that that's a and it's fleeting. Think about. It's yeah. really
0: fleeting. If you're trying to be happy based on circumstances, you, you're going to get caught up in a dangerous game of trying to capture that next high and never yeah. being satisfied or happy unless you're on that mountaintop. You, you've got to kind of like right now. We just moved into our dream home. Like, that's a high of happiness. If we try to only be happy when we have that, we're going to be miserable. You know, you got to find happiness even in the dark times, even, you know, it's cliche to to embrace the process and and embrace the journey. But it's the truth. And and I feel old saying this, but the older I get, the more I realize how true that is. It's like after six months of construction, we finally moved in. And if it wasn't for every single day during the construction, this wouldn't be as sweet as, as it is. And embracing like the basements in the walls are up, like all those little things There's digging the pond, like and embracing the process and, and reflecting through the journey is so important. So important. All right, Jason, I'm rooting for you next Tuesday. Please let's, let's have a side talk about any additional extra matches. They call it in 2021. <laughs> that's, okay. that's the official name, extra matches. So any extra matches, let's talk about, and uh, we'll talk soon, man. Thank you for All making right, you. time today. Yep, sounds good. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at jbash on Instagram and at Bash on Twitter. And the beat goes on.